and good evening everybody welcome back to the picnic table chat show this is episode six and i just want to say a massive welcome to all the new uh people watching tonight so welcome everyone thank you for joining tonight we have an awesome guest with us we have chris from ants R us so without putting it off any longer let's welcome chris hello buddy. hey guys how are you doing i'm good how are you yeah i'm brilliant mate i'm really good thank you um so what's been going on uh well we've been quite busy actually so uh, obviously bank holiday weekend it was intense we had had literally tons of orders to get through um also, in addition to that, uh, lots of obviously it's the season of nuptial flights. It yes. started, spring's here. So, a lot of um, European ants are coming in stock in the next couple of weeks and have come in stock this week. A few exotics yes. have been added to the store as well. So, we've been really busy, really, really, really. busy. Yeah, I, I have seen that you had a few um, stock updates, uh, including Nico's were there a few. Yeah, weeks yeah, ago yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah, quite, quite a few. They've all laid eggs now. So, they're all good. I got some uh, Singularis as well nice nice yeah um i was gonna say about the nikos i've noticed they're really really popular are you expecting them to just fly out of the shelves basically yeah yeah they tend yeah. to be quite like an entry exotic ant species right so they're quite relatively hardy for an exotic and and they're quite entry level exotic and the colorations are nice right so yeah yeah and they do get majors as well don't they yeah 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 like obviously there's a lot of different stages and different like as the colony becomes more mature, the majors will be different sizes, right? So you'll get like an almost super major type workers as well. Yeah, which we all love to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I also noticed, sorry, I'm, I'm absolutely roasting. So if you see sweat dripping off me, <laughs> lucky, <laughs> lucky for some. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's it's not natural heat. It's um, in between two massive tanks and the heat's just not going anywhere. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I also noticed that you had and I'm going to pronounce it wrong. We know I pronounce it wrong. Lacius umbratus. Is that? Oh yes, 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 yes. Um. So yeah, I've I've always um had an interest in like more parasitic Lacius species and like harder to come by. Like obviously we all know like Lacius niger, Lacius flavus is quite common. But I've always had a thing for more like parasitic types or rarer types of Lacius because I think they're just generally really cool. So yeah, yeah I've got some Lacius umbratus. They've got brood. They've got pupae. So the first workers are ready to go. I've also sourced some uh, Lacius alienus. Uh, wow. Lacius emergenatus as well, so they'll be coming in the next week or two. So yeah, I'm quite keen on uh, alternative Lacius species. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really exciting. Like you say, it's nice to see something different to the standard Nigers and Flavus. Yeah. Um, have you got any advice for keeping parasitic ants? Oh, uh, that's that's a pretty good one. Uh, I would say they're quite hard to keep in general uh, if you're starting with a queen, right? But it, you can add, you can actually add Lasius niger brood or, or Lasius flavus brood to like a Lasius parasitic queen and they will grow and they would work for the, for the parasitic colony already. That's probably the best and most ethical way to introduce yeah. a parasitic queen because the other alternative is to add to an existing colony, but the success rate is probably like a 50-50 in terms yeah. of whether she'll kill the existing queen. And obviously there's ethics there as well. Obviously it yeah. does happen in nature, but you're in control of that process. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that it's a hard one to sort of debate in my mind personally, whether it's acceptable to do that. Like you say, it's done in nature, but actually forcing it is another matter, isn't it? 
Yeah, if you're doing it for, for like research purposes, you're a scientist, then maybe like these things have to be done. But if it doesn't have to be done, I, I would advise against it. A life is a life at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah. So um, when it comes to like brood boosting and things, would you advise literally just taking it out of the Laceous Niger colony? Or... Uh, if, if you have your own existing Laceous Niger colony, you can you can nurture the brood. Um, it's, it's best not to just dig up a wild colony because you can disturb it. It could be in like a, a particular period of time, say pre-nuptial pre flights. Yeah. You could get loads of queens. You could... Like you could cause colony collapse, really. So if you take it for an existing, or if you get from a supplier, or and stuff like that, rather than just taking it from the wild. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's something I've been talking to some of my American friends about is digging up wild colonies over there. It's like quite, you know, normally accepted. Like, you know, it's quite the done thing as such. Me personally, I don't like the idea of digging up a colony because, like you say, it could cause the whole colon colony to collapse or you might yeah, not even and, get the queen. Yeah, and it's not just the colony. It's part of an ecosystem, right? So yeah. the ants are part of the environment. They're interacting with the environment. They're keeping certain pests at bay. They're, they're, po um, they're potentially pollinating. They're also uh, potentially helping the vegetation, the plants grow, protecting yeah. aphids and stuff like that. So you've obviously you're interfering with nature and you're you're affecting the habitat. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, what's your kind of opinion on putting a colony back into the wild? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I it as long as the species is native. Um, yeah it could work very well because there are problems with um, rarer ants uh, in the UK, for example, like Rufrobarbis, something yes. like that. Right. And like reintroducing populations into the wild. I think that's a good idea. Um, as long as they're, um, they're native. Uh, yeah. Like I I'm all for it because they'll either make or break, right. They'll either yeah. find their niche and they'll, um, they'll succeed or they'll fail. It's as simple as that really. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, one thing that always concerned me about it is if you're adding in a new ant colony to an existing ant colony area, you know, it's just going to cause conflicts. But it's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it will create conflicts. But uh, I guess there'll be a bit of an environmental pressure on, on both parts, right? Um, what is the alternative? If the alternative is, is killing the colony yeah. that you have, then maybe yeah. it's better to let them go and see if they can make it. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, because um, it's it is something that I've come across a lot again recently is people are getting overwhelmed by their colonies and not really sure what to do with it. Um, and quite a few of them have said that they've released them back into the wild and they didn't know what sort of impact it would have. They were all native species, thank God. Mm, but mm. It's, yeah, it's one of those people. Things. And also people need to, to bear in mind, you can technically control population, right? Like how much yeah. you feed your ants, the, the temperature that you keep them, you can keep your population under control. I think yeah. a lot of ant keepers in general tend to overfeed their colonies, maybe because they want them to grow quick. And yeah. then maybe before they know it, they're overwhelmed. And they're, they're at that point where you, where you talk about where, oh, should I get rid of them? Should I keep them? There's too many. And you've also, you've got a plan for the long term and, and most ant colonies grow big into the thousands, right? It's not yeah. just most colonies are not a couple of hundred, they're thousands. 
And at the end of the day, you have to take that into account and you have to plan for the long term if you're going to keep an ant colony. Yeah, definitely. It's one thing I always tell anyone I'm speaking to is plan for the growth. You know, if you've got mm. two shelves, only fill one of them because you're going to need the second for when they get larger. Yeah. And also queens live like, what, 25 to 35 yeah, years? Yeah, like it's not. It's not like, um, oh, it's a one to two year hobby, which a lot of um, hobbies are like with certain animals, right? With certain insects, they don't live as long as queen ants. Yeah, yeah. I, I said this to my daughter, actually, because she's got a Laceus niger colony and a Mesobarbus colony, and she's only eight herself. So I said, like, she could potentially have that colony up until she's a, an adult my age, you know, and like it needs to be well cared for and well looked after, but it can last a really, really long time. Like say, much longer than a dog could potentially and cats and things like that. Um, and I think because she's quite young still, she's really grown attached to it. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's like, it, if she could stroke it like a dog, she would, you know. <laughs> but it's also like, say, say if you was to plant a plant, like you grow it from a seed, you've invested that time and it's automatic that you're going to be, it's like when you have a child, right? It's the same principle, like you invest so much into it and like you're just, you become naturally possessive towards, it's just a natural instinct. Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting how those, well, they nurturing instincts just Mm, kick in with mm. random things, isn't it? (laughs) Um, My daughter, the one we're talking about, actually did ask a really interesting question. What would you recommend an uh, ant keeper does when the colony starts producing elates and they're looking to fly? Yeah, like um, as long as they're native, uh, you could you could pop them into the nuptial flights in your outside environment, really, because um, they can join the flights and they can go on to to populate uh, in other areas and other spaces. Yeah, that's a good idea. If they're native, yeah, just um, let them out when there's a nuptial flight in your area and see if they if they fly out. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend if they're not native? Uh, I would I would recommend just keep them keep them in in the tanks, right? Uh, it's it's best not to um to to let them out. Some some species do do like secondary uh, uh, secondary establishment in which they would um they would basically fertilize within the tanks and yeah. um and they would create more queens because obviously the the queens don't don't mate with just one male they mate with multiple males the, the first initial queen so there will be in, in a, a, a few species there's genetic diversity enough that they can um they can reproduce within without technically being so incest that yeah you know yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things I think um, my polybacchus are going to do because I've still got two uh, queens in there. They have got obviously separate bloodlines, and I'm hoping they do in inbreed, not inbreed, but inbreed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's possible <laughs> with that with with polybacchus. I think yeah. likely to do it in a domestic setting without issues. Yeah. Now I was thinking now after because I've only got two queens. If they go on to have second and third generation queens then they would be inbreeding between bloodlines so it would eventually be the end of the colony in that way i think i might be wrong in terms of yeah in terms of genetic diversity but you also have to bear in mind that that also um like genes like 
genetics ch are continuously changing. Like yes. me and you is, is something called like epigenetics, right? Say if we, we experience a stressful situation, our DNA will make small changes and continuously making errors and mutating over time. So, so that could potentially counteract on insects. It could be at a greater level. I guess we don't know, but they can wow. technically change their DNA within that within that time frame that they're alive and they could technically be slightly different to to the previous generation yeah I, oh, I would say probably insects are more are more likely not to have like say um recessive genes in which would be disadvantageous yeah. to them within a domestic setting maybe within an, uh, a non-domestic setting like in the wild it might be disadvantaged but if co they're constantly fed constantly have water in theory, it should be relatively okay. That's you said some massive words there, which just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, so like, so like epigenetics is just um, it's like a con continuous change in our DNA. It's like yeah. small modifications within our DNA while we're alive. Like you would pass on DNA to your to your children that will be different from the day you were born, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes complete sense. It is. It brings me up to an interesting thing, actually. I've noticed recently, and it's not just me, it's been documented, that some ant species are starting to work together more. And I think, like you were saying, it's just that adaptation of how the world's becoming. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting, like the, co the cohabiting and the, like the symbiosis relationships that insects and ants have together right um to complete probably a mutual goal which is mutually beneficial for both of them and obviously in the environment that we're living there's a lot of uncertainty now there's um the climate is changing and yes. we can see it we can see it we can see it with ants like the nuptial flights they seem to be they seem to be um, a lot smaller um and yeah. there's there's like a bigger staggering of them because of the droughts because recently we've had quite a lot of dry weather like yes. i predict that that i've seen nest expansion early this this year so i think potentially nuptial flights within the uk will occur probably like early june maybe the first flights really yeah i was thinking like may time early june yeah this year. yeah which is unusual because they usually start in about june like a few days into june maybe like the 15th the 10th you know like from yeah. from the last years that i've experienced before we've had like we, we tend to have a lot of dry spells and then a lot of wet weather but having a lot of wet weather around the time of nuptial flights kind of puts them off flying and yes. it makes it difficult for them you know yeah yeah um we've got an interesting question here from darth vader um it's always interesting to have darth vader in the chat so welcome um, big Star Wars fan. So, uh, how do ants cope with hot weather? Well, that's that's a really interesting question. Um, so, like, say within the within domestic, like within the UK, right? They'll just go underground. They'll they'll if they if they feel like they're getting too hot, they'll just go underground. It's a lot cooler. Um, that might become more challenging as the climate changes for them. Um, there's yeah. also like a, a cataglyphist desert ants. Uh, they're they're built to withstand potentially in a short period of time temperatures up to fifty degrees Celsius. Wow! Within short periods of time, they can their bodies can cope. So they've adapted for for those levels of temperature change. Wow, that's that's quite hot. 
Yeah, yeah, very hot. And also there's like subspecies of cataglyphs, like um, they have like silver hairs on them right, and they're yeah. able to reflect heat, right? So they've adapted to reflect heat so they can survive in like the Sahara Desert, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, just following on from that, we've got a question from, uh, I might pronounce it wrong, Katie Newman. Uh, how many days can ants go without food and how many days do they can they go without water so so without food it would be or i i think i think potentially up to six weeks some species yes yeah. i'd agree with that actually yeah. and without water it's only about three or four days like humans it's the same because yeah. most of their bodies are, are liquid just like us because yeah. we could survive probably months without food as well because yeah. we'll just break down fats and uh, organs potentially to survive which which yeah. doesn't sound fun <laughs> yeah no no but but you've got to survive right so yeah that's it that's your body does what it does um i i i've i've ran out of water with all my ant colonies before and literally you will start noticing die off within a day or so like you say yeah. two three days and that's it it's it's quite fast and it's dramatically fast like you instantly notice it's all going wrong <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. Like obviously, shipping process is plays a heavy role in 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 that for us um, as a company. Like we try to um, get, especially during the heat. Like we use very efficient shipping methods. Like international, usually it takes about like two days, two days to ship to Europe, around Europe. Like three days max. There's little to no like dead on arrivals. Um, uh, like obviously sometimes it does happen unfortunately especially during the heat wave but yeah. we'll just compensate where we'll just um we'll choose the pacific collection time and we'll yeah. just insulate the packages and stuff like that um one last thing from this list of questions is if it gets really hot out say we're having like 35 degree weather our ants aren't meant to get that hot is there anything you'd recommend to cool them down yeah, like um, I would keep a thermometer around, right? So, so I would keep find the coolest part of the house is is probably the cheapest way to do it. Like usually, yeah. it tends to be probably something like in the kitchen, uh, like in a kitchen cupboard. I, I would probably they're quite cool. Houses tend to be a f at least a few degrees lower than um, than yeah. it, the external yeah. temperature. Um, in addition, like say there's sensitive colonies um, such as like uh, more sensitive like leaf cutters. The fungus is quite yeah. sensitive. Uh, probably putting fans on. You could probably use ice as well to cool the to cool the um, the fungus down because it tends yeah. to be a problem with leaf cutter ant colonies and fungus during during heat waves. I think a lot of collectors that have those species do have problems when it gets very hot. Yeah, yeah, no, because it's so sensitive. The slightest thing can throw it. Yeah, 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 and, and it's hard to get it back once you um once it starts to go yeah. down. Yeah, no, I've heard that a lot about leaf cutters as well. They're so difficult to get to go wrong. If you... that didn't to make sense, yeah. too difficult to, to keep wrong, alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you're not just you. You don't have to just care for the ants. You got to care for the fungus, yes, and the fungus yeah. needs certain parameters. In the wild, those nests will be like six feet underground, right? They'll have their own ventilation systems where they expel. Um, the stale air and allow new air to come in and it's a specialized process yeah 
Um, I'm just going to answer a couple more questions coming up in the chat. We've got another one from Darth Vader, a question for both of us. Over time, have you both grown to like an Anne and why? And what is your most dislike? So basically our favourite Anne and why and our... Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Least favourite. There. Do you want to that one, Chris? Uh, yeah, go on. Uh, ooh. Uh, my most favorite i don't know like i have a i have a lot of ants i generally like i would say my most i would probably say for for european species my my, my most favorite ants uh, are like uh, i would say mesol barbarus because i like yeah. the, the caste system and they're relatively easy to keep and and campanotus curentatus i really like their coloration as well um my my least favorite of a european ant uh probably something like pavement ants generally okay yeah like yeah they're, they're not something that 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 I, I i like too much in terms of um i don't know their size maybe like i like my ants bigger maybe but yeah. like generally like to me like ants are ants right i sell them i love them but in, yeah. in terms of exotics uh i really like honeypot ants i think they're really cool they're yeah. they're quite amazing um trap jaw Trapdoor ants, I really like like Benatar as well. They're they're really cool. Yeah. And in terms of ants that I dislike, like I really like what Diacama looks like, Diacama rugosum, but I I hate it when they sting me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I get stung by them, it hurts a lot. But but yeah. they're, they're cool. But until they sting me, not so much. Yeah, that's fair. Have you been stung by them much? Uh, a few times. The first time was pretty, pretty, pretty horrific. I don't know. Like for me, it was pretty horrific. Like I'm used to being stung by like Marmarka Ruba, right? But yeah. then when she gets stung on the finger by a diacama, then you you know what a real sting is. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I've only been stung once by the diacama, and I turned into a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah, it's not pleasant, not pleasant. And like, like you say, I'm, I'm quite happy like getting bit by the polyrachis dives. Nothing at all. One sting from them put me out of action. For how long? For how long? Only, oh, no, only five minutes, you know. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. Just crying no, for five minutes. Ah. <laughs> 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 if you get something like that, you've got to use it as an excuse as much as you can. You know, you can't do anything then for a week. Or you want sick leave? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, if anyone else has any more questions, feel free to just keep chucking them in and we will answer all the questions. But Chris, you do have some amazing news that you wanted to share. Yeah, with us, yeah, so. yeah, I did. Um, so like obviously it's a, a been project I've been in planning for like probably four or five years now. So so the workshop is uh it's gonna be I'm gonna start manufacturing nests, so I'm just the work actually starts tomorrow, funnily enough. So the prep work in my garden is going to start the building work. And then uh, it's going to be like groundwork next week. And then there's going to be uh, a big shed that will be used as a workshop and an office space. And that will probably happen in the next couple of weeks. Wow. And then from there, I'll work, I'll work from there and start getting equipment in and start working out from there. So it will take a little while because I'm doing a, a lot of work in my house. So I'm quite busy. So it's... I'm busy every day, but yeah, this is the this is the biggest project, single biggest investment I've made uh, in terms of Ansaros, and it's the biggest investment so far I've made in my life in terms of the actual cost of the whole project. 
Wow, wow. So it, it's a massive deal. So with yeah. the workshop, like, what are you expecting to actually get out of it? So, so I'll be manufacturing nests. Like, the aim is to have like a an in like nests and ants together, right? So to bring it into yeah. like one store successfully. Uh, it, it's it's not going to be easy, but but th that was my goal from from many years ago when I started Answer Us, and and I'm trying to achieve that objective now. And like the planning has been like meticulous. Like I've, I've planned it down to the screws that are used in some of the construction process. Like wow, it's wow. a lot of yeah yeah yeah. No, to be honest, that's probably the best way because that way you know you're going to get everything right before you even start. Yeah, yeah, like I want to do it right. Like I don't want to cut any corners on the project. Like it's a huge investment in terms of financial costs. Yes. But but like this is like it's going to pay off not just for me but for the community as well. Like at the end of the day, the money was made through 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 selling ants, right? So I, I want to invest it and put it back into the to into the business and put it back into um like bringing out uh yeah, bringing out stuff for the community that's accessible and there'll probably be like um like free free um, um, nests in terms of like allowing people to trial them and see how they go and give them feedback. So it will be like a, a process in terms of design and stuff like that. Brilliant, brilliant. Have you got any designs already? Obviously, we don't need you to share. Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I have a few in mind in, in my head. Yeah, that that I've been uh, thinking about doing, which is going to be different from from. Um, the current current designs yeah. that, that are out there in the uk so so yeah so obviously i, I have to keep that under wraps yeah of course yeah uh, uh for for now but um obviously once the nests start being produced there'll be a, a process of like re project refinement and giving them yeah. out to, to people at no charge to test them out to see how they go see if there are any improvements before like a a bigger release in terms of the products because i want to i want to try and get it right in terms of like um any potential issues and you know for the customers down the line yeah no definitely i think you i always say this you go about things the right way you do a lot of research and planning before diving in completely the opposite to me i just dive <laughs> into things and realize where i've gone wrong afterwards but yeah yeah there's, <laughs> but there's, sometimes there's nothing wrong with that um no, sometimes no. like you 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 dive in quickly you learn from your mistakes all right it might cost you in in some ways but you still learn like yeah. and, and and like obviously for me this is a huge financial risk, but but I think it's going to pay off and and I believe in it believe in the project and my heart's in the project so I just want to push through and get it done. Yeah, I think like when it comes down to these sorts of projects which you're involved with, your heart's always in it. I've noticed that with you. You always like to give back to the community. Um, you've supported me massively throughout my entire time running this channel and yeah i just want to say a massive thank you for being so amazing in the ant community yeah yeah thank you very much i appreciate that um like i've like it's part of my whole life really about giving back because like obviously i am i am lucky i am fortunate in a way it doesn't like i worked hard for to build this but but yeah. still you you don't have to it's not all about the money right it's about like bringing a community together it's about like helping the community out and helping other people that maybe you didn't get the same help they did, but you can still give them help and helping others around you and like yeah. building networks and like using some of your success to pass on to other people. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. That's that's the best ethics. And I, I always try and do what I can for anybody. Um, 
Do we have like a time scale that you're hoping to start rolling these nests out on? Uh, well, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by by Christmas, this coming Christmas. But it wow. will mean so I'll, have to work, I'll, I'll have to work very hard. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. But it will be like the next couple of months will be a lot of a lot of work before that before that gets going. But but like this stage is the the most complex stage in terms of like project management and managing the project because it, it obviously it costs a lot of money. I have to source the materials for everything and organize the the building work. Like it's been like it's been an eye opener. It's been interesting, you know, to 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 and really exciting to manage a project on this scale because it's something that I've never done before in terms of managing such a huge project, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, to be honest, it's something I wouldn't know where to do, even though I've got my fingers in the trade, I wouldn't know where to start with like screws and everything. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. So it's so I do a lot of research in general. So so um, and I do a, a ton of DIY. So like I'm 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 currently refurbing uh, my mum's house where I live and oh, so wow. I'm refurbing the whole house basically. So like that's basically my when I when I finish work that's what I'm doing really so I'm, I'm working or working on something else like I, yeah 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 I enjoy it like there's not I'm not the sort of person that sits down and watches tv when I when I get a chance like I'm always on the go and probably in the, yeah. the only time where I get to, to to settle down is probably in the evenings really so if, if I'm not exercising I'm not doing DIY I'm, I'm not cooking or cleaning um or doing my job doing ants like that's basically pretty much it really so so i'm quite i'm generally quite busy i like to live an live an active life you know yeah no i, I think that's good to be honest i like keeping active myself i'm always busy doing one thing or other um the only time i stop is when i sleep really yeah yeah that's the that's the same for me more or less yeah but but it, i wouldn't change it like i like i really enjoy like running ants are us and and uh like it's it is a lot of work at times but it's it's really enjoyable like having that control and yeah. having like being in touch with the community and like responding and helping people get into ants or 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 there's a problem with that their colony what can they do yeah. to help like it's and it's cool it's really cool yeah yeah i really love communicating with the community and new ant keepers and anyone struggling i'm like oh i'll help you know what what can i do um yeah it's yeah, one yeah. of those passions isn't it you know and we love uh, helping the community sorry i just dropped my pen <laughs> yeah because without the without the ant community where would we be right this is other, yeah. the people that give us a platform and and put yeah. us in the position that we're in really and uh, we have to give a hundred percent to them yeah definitely i was just reading the chat there stacy and katrina katrina says it sounds like someone else we know and katrina uh, mm -hmm. stacy says i was thinking the same like yeah, yeah, yeah i'm sorry yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he does he does a, he does a lot of work to be fair yeah you do no, thank you. Like you, you, you do, you do, you do. That's why, like, I help, I help you as well because obviously you're great for the community. You help the community a lot, and and part of part of me helping you is helping them as well. Which, yeah, no, thank which you. You do, you do do a lot of work. I only hear positive news about you anyway, really. I try. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe you have enemies somewhere. And you know <laughs> people. I don't know, but from the people that I talk to. 
it's usually all positive yeah no I, you know i try and do my best for the community i'm not here to do anything you know i'm not here to rip anyone off or screw anyone up i just want to help everybody um back we have had a couple of questions another one here from katie newman can you get really ill if bitten by ants and if so which one uh yeah yeah you can um i'll tell you an interesting story personal one um like poly polyrachis dives actually i got my finger cut and it got briefly infected right. so so on the thorax of the polyrachis i think i got it cut it probably sprayed some acid in my finger and maybe right. i had the maybe i had like a, a bit of a fawn in there from the from the thorax and it did yeah. cause a bit of an infection which i managed to sort out um, but but if you if you get stung by an ant, you can you can have an anaphylactic shock, yes. and you can die. It, it's not common, but it, it tends to be common in areas where there's a lot of fire ants, uh, Solenopsis invicta. So it's quite common in America, more so than than other parts of the world in terms of that process. It's like being stung yeah. by a bee, right? If you're if you're really allergic, you can potentially go into anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is pretty much the only time uh, ants have killed people. I don't think I've ever read of ants being able to kill someone, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, like for example, like the Native Americans, they, they would sting themselves with, uh, with, uh, yeah. with ants to, to try and get them intoxicated and high, you know. Yeah, which is quite... A weird one um have you seen the bullet ant ritual which they do where they put yeah, their hands it's in really, the gloves yeah it's, it's really interesting it's really cool it's really really cool and they dance around yeah it's like the coming of age becoming a man yes. you know yes i think they do it every few years like stay during that period of coming of age um but i i wouldn't be able to do that like again i'd break down like a little girl no problem you saying probably, that. Yeah, probably would. I would probably be the same, to be honest. Yeah. But but they probably have um, better interactions than what we have with an environment, and they're they're probably used to being stung by ants potentially. So if you're used to being stung, they could also potentially sting themselves over a period of time to build up immunity towards yes. the sting, which will make it a lot less painful and a lot more tolerable to them. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. It's like being bit by a snake. Yeah. Say if you've yes. bit, been bitten by a poisonous snake, you can build up immunity to the poison if you if you do it in small doses. And yes. potentially if you take a full bite, you can have full immunity to snake poison. Yeah, they do actually do that in some countries. They get like um, baby snakes, I think it is, because their venom's less potent, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting. Um, one thing I have noticed about the venoms is every ant species has a different type of venom. And they yeah. can have some really interesting effects. I don't know. I haven't read them, but I've been reading some of the effects. And like you say, that you can hallucinate from them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Some of them cause nerve damage. Uh, uh, some of them make your eyes water really randomly. Um, uh, uh, going on to slightly different, there's a spider which will give you a four to six hour erection. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and who yeah. and who and what kind of um what kind of rituals are you still <laughs> that <spider>? <laughs> <laughs> well that's it that's it but like, it did make me wonder like what what kind of 
use does that who, have who in discovered nature? that who discovered that? well yeah that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> i've been well, technically if, if, if that is the case then 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 it it, it could be used as a heart medicine actually because it yes. will increase your heart it could help your heart you know, increasing your heart rate and blood flow yeah see now what i've read into it and i think it's something with it triggers rigor mortis in the in smaller prey so it like knocks okay. and freeze up and go okay, solid wow. easy prey but because we're so large it obviously doesn't have the same effect that's, that's like prey. a that's a side effect right so it's a side effect of this intention yeah. so like the poison will interact with various parts of cells so for different cells and so that's obviously just a side effect yeah really interesting though like, like yeah that's the... that's really interesting yeah um i guess the person that discovered that probably went really quiet but, <laughs> but apart from that and left the room quickly yeah 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 <laughs> yeah definitely um i'm just gonna go back through because it's got questions coming through what makes the ants really mad to the point where they will bite you lots of things will make ants really mad yeah, like obviously if they feel threatened, right? If you're poking them, uh, poking around in their nest space, in their space, in their environment, they would, would attack and naturally defend themselves, right? It's it's just because they're in a domestic setting, ants don't know that. They still think they're an environment which is in the wild technically, so they'll they'll basically try and survival mode, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say some are more aggressive as well. Some like my Murano class bicolor, you could put your hand in there and they'll completely avoid you. In fact, they'll go in their tunnels. You, you'd wow, find yeah. it quite difficult to annoy them to the point that, that they'd attack you. Whereas something like my diacama or my polyracus dives, yeah, you just have in, to look yeah. at them. You know, look at them in the yeah, wrong way and yeah. they'll come flying yeah. at you. With their, with their formic acid. Yeah, yeah, which is, again, um, I've debated this with a few people. Um, Polyrachis dives, to my knowledge, do not spray the acid. It's more of, um, more of a lactating thing. You think like, so, it yeah. It kind of leaks out of them. Yeah, mm. is that, would you agree with that? Uh, they can quite curl up. They can curl up their abdomen and technically spray it, but it's it's probably not, not as common. Um, yeah. But they can, they can potentially but but yeah but obviously um yeah some species are quite are quite non-aggressive um yes. obviously species that have like soldier casts um that are generally bigger uh, exotic like something like diacama is quite an aggressive ant because it's hunting process right ants yeah. that sting tend to be quite aggressive right yeah yeah no, that's fair enough um one thing i did read was laceus niger are actually really really aggressive but we just don't know because they can't bite us yeah like um yeah sometimes i've come across nests where they've swarmed me i'm in the park or something like that and they're yeah. all over me uh they can actually bite us I, I disagree between the fingers they can bite you can feel it. it it probably doesn't feel that bad but they can definitely they can definitely give you a nip especially for children i would say okay that's interesting i've never experienced a bite from them myself but maybe i'm not getting yeah like uh uh between the between the fingers softer yeah. parts of the skin they can yeah. they can bite especially the bigger workers yeah and they do get quite large actually laceus niger they always get thought of as quite a small ant 
when they're in their larger stages, they are, you know, quite... They are fairly big, yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite interesting. I, I would say probably more in a domestic setup, if given access to larger amounts of food. Yes. Potentially, like potentially, ants could could evolve to become bigger in a domestic setup. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing that I was reading about that uh, experiments not being done yet, but someone's basically doing the research to start doing an experiment, is whether increasing the oxygen supply would enhance over time. Because obviously, when prehistorically the oxygen levels and insects were a lot larger yeah yeah and they were thinking yeah. that it's doing the two or three yeah so basically um yeah basically if you give them access to oxygen because everything's uh diffusion right in terms of breathing for ants so if you increase the oxygen levels the more diffusion that can take place if you look at like places like South America in rainforests that have access to more oxygen naturally, you would find bigger insects, which wouldn't exist in other parts of the world. So, so that's, that's definitely, that's definitely the case, but also yeah. like um, in terms of like the, the, the climate right now, like back then oxygen levels were like 20%, 21%, they're a lot lower now. So to, to obviously you will have to mimic that within a domestic setting. But, but yeah, you could probably get bigger insects, but in different parts of the world, there are naturally bigger insects, right? Yes. Due to, um, due to higher oxygen levels. Yeah. See, I, I, I thought that would go be quite an interesting uh, experiment. I will definitely be following it. See yeah, of it course. Yeah. Out. I'm sure you'll be keeping your audience informed as well. Of course, of course I will. Um, we've got some more questions here. What food do ants need to be given and how often? Uh, so like ants, like humans, really, they need protein and carbohydrates uh, um, and, and vitamins as well, you would say. Uh, so I would say probably feed ants every like three days, uh, small colonies, and you could probably give them like a protein carbohydrate rotation or you can do both together, which is, is beneficial to them because they need protein and carbs. You can't just feed one or the other because the brood won't grow, right? So you have the protein, like insect-based protein. You could also give like cooked foods like ham and chicken. Um, I'm sure your polyrachis, you've probably fed them a few variety of foods, right? I've tried, but I, I haven't actually gone as ambitious with it as I was going to. I gave them prawn once and they ate prawn. And I wow, think okay. I gave them ham, but apart from that, I generally just give them bugs. Okay, and how did they react to the, the ham? Yeah, they actually, they ate the ham and they ate the prawn, but they didn't eat the prawn until it had like dried out. Okay. Yeah, which was a little bit weird, but like, I was just about to take it out sort of thing. Um, <laughs> went to the tank to take it out and they were there eating it all over it. Oh, wow. Yeah, Interesting. so it was, it's you know they they they're a bit weird, <laughs> a bit picky I think, but I I think they also have learned to know what foods to eat because it's not like they attack anything else in the tank. Yeah, it seems like uh, I saw watching a video earlier. I see seen a few beetles in there and stuff like that. They seem to be they've seemed to have adapted quite well to their habitat. And they're yeah. probably more likely, if they can't get access to readily available food, will more likely start to eat 
sources within the nest space if they become desperate, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always fed them so much anyways, it's hard to tell what they're actually interested in because they're always eating. Yeah, like also it's um, it's better to to eat something that's dead rather than alive because you have to put the effort into taking the prey down yeah. and you might incur losses within that process as well. Like ants yeah, will choose to, to maximize efficiency. No, definitely. I mean, I, I only really give my um, diacama live food because that's kind of what they need. But apart from that, I always pre-kill everything, all the insects. Mm. Um, so next question, moving on. What can you do to help yourself if you get bitten? If you're having an anaphylactic shock, you can have an EpiPen. But apart from yeah, that, yeah, an EpiPen would be, or go to, or go to a hospital if you're having an anaphylactic shock. Really, uh, you could probably try and just clean the area. Maybe just give it a bit of a clean, uh, just hygienically clean, so potentially it's not, it doesn't get infected. Yeah. But this thing should go away in like 20, 30 minutes. It should lessen, right? So yeah it's usually not too bad i mean i get stung probably every day at the moment and you, d you just get over it it's not too bad as long mm. as you're not allergic mm. um we've got a few questions sort of covering the same thing here so what ants can get along peacefully together are there some colonies that can live together in the same nest yeah, so so I would say there's there's been quite quite a lot of research or a bit of research around like tomonothorax uh, inhabiting inhabiting nests with like a bigger species like Campanotus yeah. in the wild and being in close proximity. So you can probably you can probably keep like a Campanotus and a tomonothorax colony together, and I would yeah. say it's successful potentially. And what yeah. would you say in regards to that? Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm literally doing that experiment at the moment. I've got a Campanotis and a Temophorax, acorn ants, um, and they share the same formicarium. Everything seems to be fine. They've interacted several times, and it seems that they just ignore each other. Their first meeting was really interesting. Um, the Campanotis was there eating from a cotton wool ball, taking the sugars from it. And the uh, acorn ant came up sort of behind it, sort of touched it on the leg. And you just see the camp and notice run, like, like, what was that? Oh, my God, and ran away. Um, came back a few minutes later, had a look at each other, and that was that, literally the most that they cared about each other. It's been quite interesting to see. Um, whereas I, my Murano plus bicolor, they're so defensive, right, they can live with some other colonies it's been documented that they will live in the same formicarium because they're so defensive um and they have like they play dead when they feel threatened and things like that so i tried them with my polyracus dives when we first built the tank and for the first week or so it was fine they would curl up they, and when they curl up play dead they put still pointing upwards so anything that tries to take a bite gets stung and it deters them. That worked for about a week, and then the polyracus dives realized that if they kind of flipped them over, then they could just carry them back <laughs> to the nest. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So at, at two o'clock in the morning one night, I was like, right, I'm getting them I out. I got in here yeah. with my little yeah. spade, and oh, it was a nightmare. But I actually managed to save the colony, the queen, and everything, and they're going fine. But it was a bit of a nightmare. It's not something I would advise doing with most ants, to be honest. It's just yeah. yeah. I, th I think uh, a Tomonophorax and a bigger species like Campanotus, uh, or or another bigger species, maybe. A more a, le a bit less aggressive, uh, yeah. naturally less aggressive species would be would be a good fit. Yeah, I think um, there there is documented records you could say of more species sharing formicarium. I'm just trying to remember who it is who has the other massive um, multi-species formicarium. Um, I can't remember. I keep thinking Denmark, but it's not Denmark. Nordic ants, that's it. Okay, Nordic yeah, ants yeah, has yeah, yeah, a, yeah. has a really but his tank's like two meters square or something yeah, it's crazy. Huge. Oh yeah, um, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think he got particular ant colonies that don't grow massive, and he introduced them at you know sort of the smallest stage so that they can they're established enough to survive but they're not overwhelming the population at that point if you know what i mean but it, yeah, it's yeah, been really yeah. interesting to see how they interact and get on i don't think he's had many conflicts in it yeah yeah i think it's quite interesting when people introduce uh like they have like what you've done is basically you have your own environment right where, where different insects yes. as well as ants interact, which is really cool. Um, it's also good for, for, for like to observe behavior as well, like observe that behavior and how the ants interact with other insects and other living things. And I think, um, yeah, I, I feel like a, a bit more people are, are doing it a bit, a bit more now, which is really cool because like at the end of the day, we're, we're all like doing science technically right when we get when we get an ant colony we're observing their behavior so yeah. it's science really it's it's that's live science right there yeah I, I i don't think there is another uh i might be wrong i don't think anywhere else it's been documented how ants and vampire crabs react to each other might be wrong probably not actually because uh the vampire crabs are fairly rare yeah um and you've um yeah you've how how do they generally interact? Do the the crabs hunt them? Do they? They don't generally. Um, they the crabs will kind of creep up behind them, and they'll get so close, but then they'll run away. I think they realise that the ants are a potential threat. But okay, I have noticed yeah. that the the crabs don't really hunt. They would much rather, like you said earlier, go for the easy meals of carcasses thrown in the pond and things like that. Um, since putting them in the tank, the polybacus dives have always used the pond as their rubbish dump. So any really? dead ants, okay. any leftover yeah. pupa cases, everything goes in there. And that's what the crabs live on. They eat all the leftovers, you know, they're scavengers. And it, it's worked really well because they must be getting enough protein and vitamins and everything because they're producing babies. Yeah. And when was the last time they had babies? Oh, a few months back because they're, I think they're in their second or third stage of molting at the moment. They're growing quite substantially. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw one out next to the largest of the crabs, 
one we call Mr. Crab. Um, and he's still massive compared to it. Yeah. Okay. Fair play. But but that's good. That's yeah. good to hear because, like, generally, uh, unless you're quite a dominant species within an environment, you would probably tend to scavenge for food, right? Because it's it's probably the the, the safest. Yeah. Safest strategy. Yeah. No. Definitely. And to be honest, they're not the alpha predator in here. The polyrachis dives are definitely. really hot dripping with sweat still <laughs> um we've got some more questions um we've got several people asking to see some ants i will swap my i'll swap onto the tank in a minute i've knocked over my tripod somehow so i'll do that in a minute so that everyone can see some ants in fact i'll i shall i'll get the other tripod and i'll put the better camera on the ants so you can actually see them because um, this one's going all sorts of places today um right so moving up if ants die do the other ants try and eat that dead ant uh well generally what i find is they do recycle them and give them to their brood really because it's, it's quite it's quite common especially in smaller colonies to give them to their brood and they just break down the the, the exoskeleton really yeah, I've I've noticed that with some species that um they'll definitely eat the thorax, um and sometimes the abdomen, but they don't always eat the Go whole for body. The head. Yeah, yeah, the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes they'll just legs left. Yeah, like like in the wild, like after a nuptial flight, um, ants will take the wings of the yeah. of the elates and they'll recycle them and they'll take them back to their nest. And I, I believe they do eat the males as well, don't they? Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would eat the males as well. And like, it's it's a big feeding frenzy, nuptial flights for for ants as well, because they they can, it's they'll attack the queens because potentially that could be potential competition for them within yes. their environment. But they're quite at the same time very nutritious for for each colony. <laughs> yeah, they're full of all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, like you say, yeah. Do you think that, sorry, going into that, would they attack their own queens? Probably, yes, because as soon as they leave the nests, they probably, probably that maybe their pheromones will start to become more independent. Um, also, <laughs> they've been mating with several males, so that might obscure yeah. the, any previous pheromones as well. And technically, yeah, as soon as they leave sense. within a period of time, that's competition right there, unless they... It, it depends on the species because some species they can allow them back into the nest after they've been mated, right? So, okay, yeah. See, I have heard of that before. Do you know what species do that? Uh, formica species, I think Sanguinea would do it, like Formica, okay, that's really Formica Rufra, they'll do it, they'll do it, like a yeah, Formica Rufra would do it. The ones that have the the, the really huge nests, right? So, Formica yeah. species, um. There'll, there'll be other species that will do it, the multiple queen species, maybe Marmica rubra as well. Yes, yeah, I like can imagine Marmica rubra would do it. Yeah, like other multi-queen species will, will probably accept that as well. If I, hang on, no, if I do that one, no, hang on, if I, just trying to put some ants on the screen, kind of, that would do for now. Um, yeah. 
that would do. <laughs> Sorry, we are still here, Chris. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go on. <laughs> we've got a question here. My daughter, who's four, asked how long do ants live? Uh, so, so the workers generally probably like months, a couple, maybe three months to, to five years, maybe 10 years in some species. Uh, the bigger the, the ant generally, so say like a Campanotus species, they generally live quite longer in terms of the workers because a lot of more resources have to be plowed in to making that worker. So they yeah. tend to have a, a longer life. Uh, queens generally, they about 25 to 35 years which is a very long time, right? It is. It is. Um, some, some species do die at a faster rate, but they have a much faster production rate as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Those, generally, the smaller species would die at a faster rate. And the queens, yeah. if you multiple queen colonies, maybe some species will only live like five to ten years, maybe a bit, few years less than that, especially for multiple queen species. Yeah, um, I think monomorium, they die really fast, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah, because they're just, um, they're, they're, they're so invasive, they're so tiny, and yeah, yeah they just produce their lates, they mate in the nest, um, a lot of them, a lot of the more invasive species, so they'll self-replicate anyway, so it's not a yeah. problem for them. So I think that's, again, it's nature working away, isn't it? There's no Yeah, it's about the, the environment. It's about maximizing efficiency and evolution over time. Like this, this is a process that's been perfected over thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Um, what is the rarest ant and most common ants, in your opinion? Uh, it's it's very subjective, right? Because there's ants we haven't even discovered yet, right? So they all probably up there, but but ants that that we have discovered, you're probably looking like things like bullet ants, uh, things like um, Campanotus gigas, uh, yeah. things like um, the Catagliphus species with the silver hairs that I was talking about. They're very rare. Uh, they're found in the Sahara Desert, and they go for like a over a thousand pounds. Wow. They're, they're very rare yeah they're very rare uh, um so yeah like um and in terms of common it, it depends where you live right so whatever's native to you in the uk it will be laceus niger which will be the most common species generally but it depends where you live in the world really yeah yeah no definitely um i've noticed laceus are just pretty much everywhere but in the uk like you say that's pretty much Laceus niger you're going to find everywhere they're the most common <coughs> yeah me. like somewhere somewhere like spain uh a more common species is mesobarbarus yeah they're, they're yeah, which, way more common which i think would be really weird if you know what i mean like i'm used to walking about and seeing Laceus niger and to like go to another country and i could potentially see mesobarbarus walking about i think it would blow my mind Yes, it's, it's actually it's quite it's quite cool because you'll see them carrying the seeds and their long seed trails and stuff like that, which is really cool. Yeah, um, which brings us onto a question for my daughter. Actually, what type of ants do you think they were in Bugs' life? Oh, that is a very <laughs> that is it. That is a that is a very good question. 
They, they must be harvesters because they're collecting seeds. In seeds, yeah. There would yeah. be a harvester species. So yeah. technically, they would be based on uh, American harvester ants, right? Uh, but 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 they're blue, so it's quite. It's like it's very um unusual. But but that's it's Disney that creates life, right? Is it Disney? Yeah. Yeah. So, Disney, yeah. yeah so they've been Disneyified, but I guess. The color blue is 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 less aggressive than say red, maybe. Yeah. So so people would associate them with being more passive and being more friendly, right? And that uh, makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. the are they locusts or crickets? They're a darker color, but the yeah. ants are a lighter color, right? So you have that yeah. contrast. Yeah, because they they like to do that um, light and dark to dark show stuff, the good. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. I thought that was quite interesting when you come out with it. I was like, wow, they're not Nigers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, and also as well, it's like, what is it? The color, the color is a bit of a discrimination, isn't it? Because, <laughs> because, um, like, there's, there's dark ants like Laceous yeah. Niger that are not too bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's one thing, it really does my head in. It literally, I could go nuts at this. I see a post and it gets passed about, you know, posted about on Facebook and whatnot. And it's, um, I can't remember, it was like the black ants aren't aggressive at all or something. And it's only the red ones that you have to worry about. I was like, but what about Campanotis that bite you? Yeah, yeah, like hard pagnophos venator as well. They're all black. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's. Not yeah, I see that. I think I've red. seen that occasionally. Yeah, and like also in 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 like movies where they do ants in movies, like they say it's a certain species, but it's not. It's something totally different, or they yeah. say it's from a certain place, but it's not. It's from a different place. You know. Yeah, lots of misinformation out there. Yeah. Um. Here's a question from Katie Newman. What's the main reason do you think people keep ants? Well, I would say uh, because they're social insects, I, I would say probably that's the most interesting part because they work together to, to achieve their objectives. I think that in itself makes them very interesting. And um, yeah. to see them working together, to see them interacting in multiple numbers within the environment, is is pretty amazing really like obviously you'll have spiders that tend to be solitary but in the contrast the ants ants are basically the ground version of bees really and wasps right yeah yeah it's funny how they evolved from wasps really but they're, they're still very wasp like when you look at the males they you know they look really wasp like still yeah, that's true. That's true. You you already notice it with the more elates than the than the than the sterile workers. But it's such an it's such a like the whole evolution process like of so like obviously amazing and ants have been so successful in in their environments. Yeah, really successful for millions of years. I actually I did a video a while back on how ants first started and how they came about and the first types of ants and um. Obviously, none of the original ants are still about, but we actually do still have some really ancient species that you can find and keep. Yeah, like uh, like say something like Diacama rugosum. Yeah, they're quite they're quite an old and in terms of the process of how they they breed and their size and uh, and they haven't changed substantially within over time, right? So so they look 
relatively prehistoric. Yeah, yeah, they, like exactly that. They look prehistoric. Like there's no better term for it. I don't think. Just yeah, the size, their traits, just everything about. Yeah, them, the fact it, that they don't have an established queen. Yeah, like yeah, that is 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 prehistoric in itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons I'm dreading the longevity of my colony because it's going to be almost impossible to introduce a male at the right time but i'm hoping i'm hoping we'll get um to that point where i can work it out i don't know how i'll work it out to be honest but i think I, i'll notice a change in behaviors as the gamma gate dies and the females become more aggressive amongst themselves i'm hoping yeah yeah because uh, yeah i i think it's it's very possible that they can um they can actually self-fertilize within the um within the actual environment within within the environment that they're in yeah. potentially like say you can get two gamma gates they produce two males yeah and they can actually potentially mate with each other and they choose the most successful uh, generally the colonies i think what i've read is they bud so so they'll 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 grow to a certain size then they'll they'll split and then okay. establish another colony from from the literature I've read. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me to be honest, because I always I always know that they won't grow much larger than a hundred workers. But I'd say I've got more than a hundred in here now. The colonies definitely grown over the last couple of months, and I have upped their feeding a little bit. Um, I'm now feeding them four worms every few days instead of two. Okay. Um, yeah. And like I've noticed, there's definitely more workers coming out for the more food. So, I'm I think they're they're getting to a large size, but I don't think they'll get much larger now. I've I've had so many males out of them this year; it's been almost scary. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, to the, well, there's there's no lid on the tank either, so I kind of just have to keep so an eye on it. Yeah. So so obviously you use them um, like and. Uh, slip resistant material right so yeah yeah. From escaping, yeah yeah that's quite and, interesting so so maybe that will be like their their nuptial flight process maybe it will be part of that by producing that that higher level of um males yeah maybe <laughs> and maybe they will get like say gamma gates will come through the males will come through their mate and they'll bud off potentially but obviously it's still it's something we still need a lot more time to to, to look into it yeah yeah but that's what it's all about like you said earlier is research and making these discoveries really isn't it yeah and sharing our knowledge as a community with with everyone right it's about sharing that knowledge as well and passing definitely. it on definitely and that that's something i, I mentioned to you earlier i've uh, have been given the opportunity to go and do like a workshop program oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing with a youth club where i can I can talk about the ants. I can talk about bioactive uh, terrariums and stuff. We're going to make a little jar terrarium that all the kids can take home. It's That's going to be cool. really awesome. But I think, like you say, that sharing my knowledge and what I've learned is like I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, like I, I think it's cool. Like the more people know about nature and the environment, the more likely they are to protect it, and the more likely they are to it to actually invest. In, in saving it really because that's where it comes down to at the end of the day within the next what 20 years it's it's, it's going to be that kind of decision making process and like i i hope like being part of ants or us and giving people ants will 
make them appreciate their environment more and help save it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, people are definitely getting more, what's the word? Eco-friendly, not eco-friendly, but eco-aware. Yeah. 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 I think uh, it's gonna, it's, it's a good thing. It definitely is good for the hobby. Yeah, and, and the environment, right? You're more likely to protect a colony of yeah. ants because ants are, will will struggle as well. Maybe they won't struggle as, as fast as other species, but obviously the whole process of life is a cycle and they interact with other species. And maybe if they're in decline, it will affect the ants and stuff like that. Yeah, well, they all bounce off each other. If, if they run out of feeder insects, you know, that'll be the end of ants. Mm, mm. Um, which actually leads us on to another question from Stacy. What do you, what insects do you personally keep or farm as feeders? Very good question. Uh, personally, I keep mealworms. So, like, I've got a trick I'll share with you. Um, so, if you keep mealworms in the fridge, they won't yeah. they won't turn into beetles, or the, yeah. the process is very delayed. So, I've not had a mealworm turn into a beetle. I usually get the twenty to thirty millimeter size yeah and i usually keep them for months and months and they don't turn into beetles so i can keep them for that long no fair play do you keep them in your normal fridge or do you have to have a separate fridge i keep them in my normal fridge yeah yeah so do <laughs> I, I but i had to convince yeah. the wife yeah 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 same same problem with my mom so <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah but they're fine they're in they're in the container they're all good um yeah. there's plenty of food in there because obviously uh, they would in interact in quite dry environments because the fridge is quite humid yeah. there's a lot of moisture that they can get from there yeah no uh, um what do i keep quite a lot i breed dubia roaches i've got a colony of a, over a thousand just to my side at the moment um i also breed mario worms the slightly larger mealworms I'm in the fridge unless I freeze them just because I I'm never going to need as many as I'm producing at the moment yeah I, like obviously you don't want all to turn into tons of beetles and yeah and, and what colony size did you start off with it, well believe it or not I actually started with a couple of beetles out of this tank um because there's beetles in the tank they obviously they lay the eggs and there is mario worms living in the soil all the time um so I literally, when there's like 10 beetles or so, I'll bring the numbers back down to six because I, I like there to be about six beetles in here, uh, not too many, you know, because otherwise they'll start to compete for food and things. Yeah, and where do you put the beetles? Where, where do you place them? Um, so I've got a big, I want to call it a big Tupperware box, but it's like a massive storage box container okay, that yeah, I yeah, holes yeah. in. And it's a big bioactive setup. And I, I thought that's kind of the best way for me to do it because I, I wanted to move away from the egg crate sort of way. Of okay, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's just too much maintenance for me, if you know what I mean, having yeah, to change course. egg crates yeah. and things like that. So it's literally just a massive container, bioactive, basically the same as you're seeing here. But um, once they've laid their eggs and I've got a fair few worms that I can see from looking at the bottom of it, I would remove the beetles again into another container, allow the worms to grow a bit before sieving them out of the substrate and starting the whole process again. 
But um, right. I, I've ended up with probably I've probably got about a hundred or two hundred Beatles. Wow! Yeah, it's it's quite a few. It's and intense. They all, I guess you've yeah. got to set your own um, feeder shop up for that. Essentially, <laughs> I I've been quite lucky actually. I've got a friend with um, what's he got? He's got a bearded dragon and a few things like that. So I've said to him, if they want Beatles, they're happy. Take some Beatles, you know. It's yeah. not an issue. And then what else? I'm sure I'd keep other things for. What other feed of foods? Yeah, I can't think. I'm sure I do. Sometimes I do flies, like this fruit flies. What but fruit I got flies. How was yeah, that? I got so fed up with like I don't know, not not using them fast enough. Like I, I would use I would use them and then I would try and like use something else and then I would get like I'd go back to the pot and I'd have so many fruit flies that i wouldn't be able to use them so i'd end up freezing them and mm -hmm. i don't know i just i've moved away from fruit flies yeah because the, the growth period's quite a small period of time yeah so. yeah and uh, for the longevity of it like i like to buy my uh, uh, i buy wax worms in to like subsidize what i grow here um and i buy that in like a month stock at a time so trying to do that with fruit flies and so it, it just become more difficult than it was worth although i will be getting fruit flies in again just to mix it up i won't be okay and, and and how how would you say how much like feed in your colonies cost you a month for example wow that can be debatable <laughs> it depends if my missus is listening or not okay <laughs> <laughs> all right no, uh, feeding's not too bad because, like I say, I yeah, you grow a lot of the food to myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how how much would you say? Well, this the tank in front of me, the multi-species tank tonight has had forty wax worms in one wow. hit. Wow. Yeah. So, if you went into something like pets at home, that's probably two or three tubs. Wow. In just one feeding, and that's just for the polyracus dives, not the rest of the tank. And how, oh, how long would that how long would that last the poly dives? I do that twice a week. Okay. So they go yeah, they can go through a hundred worms in a week themselves very easily. Um and then with the and rest of the colony, What would you estimate the colony size to be? At the moment, about three thousand workers, I think. Okay. Yeah, it, it's quite a substantial colony, but it's not massive, massive mm. yet. It's got a lot more growing to go. A lot more, a lot more worms as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do go back onto roaches and things occasionally, but the worms are just so easy to feed. Um, and I, I always find pretty much every colony I've had loves wax worms. I expect because they're soft and juicy rather than having to get through an exoskeleton. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It, it they're not really... too keen on things like beetles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it, especially the smaller colonies. I had Lacius niger colony last year, which would make a whole waxworm disappear overnight. Wow. Yeah, I, I literally, I'd go to take the remains out, thinking, you know, there'd be something. Literally nothing left. And how, it, how big was the colony? Now, that one, oh, it's hard to say because I can't really see inside the nest it's in the t-shaped form of carrying but it's got to be a good few hundred workers now okay well wow. 
but it it was in its first year last year so it was using that as its developing stage that's quite that's really interesting and how's yeah. how, your daughter has a colony how, how's that colony going yeah that that's actually the colony i'm talking about um yeah they're doing really well but they've just started to have a big die-off and i really? cannot put my fingers on why there's probably 20 or 30 dead workers in the outworld it might be a generation yeah maybe a generation has died off yeah, yeah. Um, it would likely. make sense because i haven't until this point i haven't seen an actual like uh, amount of them coming out dead if you know what i mean i've seen mm -hmm. one or two but i haven't actually seen like a generation die off until about now so it would make sense but it's quite scary to see at the same time because it's like going from nothing dying to yeah of course well what's just happened but I, i've gone through everything i've cleaned everything changed the water you know done everything i can do and i think they're absolutely fine they're still eating uh still doing their normal things but they have started um avoiding the whole outworld section where all the dead bodies are which is quite odd wow um yeah yeah right. like um like generally with colonies a lot of people say to me um oh uh my colony there's workers dying and stuff like for, for me, like I'll indicate as long as there's there's brood within the colony, you you yeah. would be right. If they're laying eggs, they're producing brood, the colony will be fine. Usually, like once you get new colonies, there will be like a, a process of die off until the brood comes through and the cycle of growth can start. And then you'll reach the exponential growth. But generally, um, as long as there's brood, the queen's laying eggs, looks healthy, um, the cycle will, will start and the, the exponential growth can be can be reached um seems like stacy stacy's um colony love the headless darkling beetle okay which is quite interesting yeah see my the polybackers have found a darkling beetle dead before and they tore it to pieces did they wow yeah but when they see them alive they're not that bothered unless they're trying to eat their food yeah it's, it's a lot of effort to take to take a live one down i guess yeah yeah i expect it is actually more more than we think yeah and because they're quite thickly armored right so yeah yeah um we've got actually a really good question here from katie newman again thank you katie for throwing all these questions and uh, it's been really helpful but this is actually a question i get asked a lot and it's it's really funny because as a child right there, I, I used to refer to it as flying ant day and no one knows what these ants were but they were flying ants do you want to explain what the flying ants are Chris yeah so so it's uh, it's it's the day of um the day of love the day of romance right it's like the Valentine's Day for ants so it will be um it's it's nuptial flights so it's where the ants uh, in large numbers it's heavily environmentally dependent process it's it's dependent on the wind it's dependent on the, the weather. Usually it's quite humid, probably about 80% or more humidity. The wind is not very strong. It's usually previously before storm for the UK. Um, and they come out in large numbers during the summertime and they, they get they mate, they mate in the air. And the males and the females, the, the females will mate with many males, and the males would eventually die off within like three to five days or less after they've mated and 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 um that's the that's the natural flight process the the reproduction of ants 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, like it's a really exciting time for ant keepers. And like I say, if you're not into the hobby and if you don't know, that's just like, what are these weird ants? Yeah, what are these like? annoying ants? Or yeah. in the newspaper, it's like, it's all the same. It's flying ant day and all these, like generally the media likes to, 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 to make insects to be like these crazy, dangerous creatures that make our lives difficult when technically they've been here longer than us which is yeah it's just ridiculous yeah yeah no i completely agree we should be more accommodating for our insects yeah and 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 also like these flights are so big they're seen on weather maps on, on yeah because yeah there's I'm, millions and millions of them i remember a couple of years back they disrupted um airplanes as well really wow yeah it, it was really extreme i think it was the year we were all in lockdown and okay, yeah, yeah it was so insane I, they had to divert planes and things around them oh that's that's crazy yeah but i mean they were doing it before we were flying planes so <laughs> well yeah <laughs> that's who's it. in yeah. the who's in the wrong i saw them well us really we should I've always said people shouldn't fly. I've never been on an aeroplane, believe it or not. And I've always said if I'm getting it on one, I want to fly it myself. Mm. Mainly because I, I just don't know if I can trust someone else with my life. <laughs> um, what, being on a plane? Yeah. You've never, never flown on, on a plane? plane. Really? Never. Been wow. on a boat. Yeah, I think first time I went on a plane, I was probably 15. 15. Wow. I went to the states america it was, it was yeah. nice yeah but but um yeah it's it's a good it's it's cool they're perfectly safe um f uh crashes are very very rare very rare yeah no i know that i know that but it's it's one of those things isn't it it's always on the back what, of snakes mind. on a plane movie or <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. it's just the most the, the most likely you are to die is take off and landing so as long as you take off okay then for the most of the flight until you land, you're pretty safe. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm sure I will one day. But you can't. I, I you got, you got to face your fears, right? You got to put yeah. yourself out there. Yeah, I I always say that. I always got to face your fears. Yeah, you have to. You have to. That's life. You got to live outside your comfort zone. You're only really living when you're outside your comfort zone. Yeah, I agree with that. That's very good. Um, has anyone got any last questions for us before we end the interview? If you do, please chuck them in now. Well, look at, I think, uh, interesting what the Ant Warrior said. I can't wait to find some scooping and then up into a test tube. It must be so rare to find someone else interested in the hobby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say, I would say within groups of friends and locally within people, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it is rare because it is quite a niche hobby. And um, yeah, with, uh, fortunately we have technology which is amazing that we can all communicate together join various groups watch various youtubers such as tom and do a lot of research and read online about them and yeah. so we we feel like we're not so alone and weird yeah <laughs> yeah see that's it like when i'm down the gym it's it's a whole nother world if i start talking about ants they give me some weird mm. looks but um, when I'm like on my Discord and stuff, it's amazing. I can chat to all you ant keepers, and yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for the day I bump into another ant keeper. That, uh, in fact, saying that, um, 
I live on Portland. Portland's attached to Weymouth. I had a message from someone in Weymouth saying, hey, we saw your channel. We keep ants as well. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, that's cool. That's cool. To yeah. be fair, to be fair, like I, I do send ants locally to where I live. Like um, yeah. I do get customers that live relatively local within within the same sort of area. So, yeah. But it's usually for, yeah, usually for... um. For children, I guess, for their children, you know. Um, it seems like Stacy T has had quite, quite, quite a load of flights, so she can give you some prep talk before you, um, before you yeah. start flying. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but believe it or not, my wife can actually fly a glider. Can she? Wow, that's yeah, really she cool. did like all the training and stuff, but I don't know if I'd get in the glider with her. Did you, do you not trust your wife or do you not trust the glider? Well, um, <laughs> no, it, it's the technology. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, to be fair, I'm, I'm a bit scared of heights personally, so I'm not, yeah, I'm I, not too I'm, keen on heights. I'm not scared of heights because I've climbed Ben, ne uh, yeah, ben Nevis, Scarfell, Pike and Snowdonia, but only Ben Nevis we actually needed ropes for. Um, mm. But... I'm not scared of heights, but I'm sensible. If that's the right, you know what I mean. Okay, I like you don't play it. Work. You don't play it too dangerously. Yeah, I'm not going to go stand on the edge of a cliff. I'll stand like ten meters back and look at the nice view. You know. Mm, yeah, yeah. I've, I've a lot of trekking trips that I've been on. Like we've got fairly high, but not high as Snowdonia or Ben Nevis. <laughs> um, Ants UK is asking, "Will Ants or us be at exhibition show?" Yeah, yeah, I will be. I will yeah. be at the exhibition show. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely awesome. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it it will be an amazing time, and it's a chance to people to meet each other. Right, that's the main goal. Right, meet in person, talk to talk to the vendors, and talk to, to people that that YouTubers and and people that um do sell different different products like like different insects, different species, and different types of uh, reptiles or, or whatever else is there and this is a chance for the community to come together in person yeah yeah i i like you say it's gonna be great meeting everyone and actually getting the community together um i've planned some really cool exhibits as well so it's like there's gonna be stuff going on all day even if you turn up without a penny in your pocket like there's going to be things for you to do you don't have to just buy stuff yeah yeah it's not really about about that it's about actually right. coming together looking at seeing the talks talking to, to, yeah, to vendors, talking that's to it. each other like for me like yeah i will be having some ants there but but I, i'm looking forward to meeting everyone mostly in the talks yeah yeah i i'm i'm looking forward to our speakers all all of them so far without going into too much detail of what's been mentioned it's going to be mind-blowing with like information and just you know what I mean? Really interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about like creating the memories, you know, and, and yeah. feeling part of the community in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. I think it's, that's what it's all about. Um, the, I'm just going to say you can get tickets for the show on my website. I think I've posted. Yeah, I did put the link on the screen now. Um, uh, is the link in the description is it going to be under the description on this post i, I can make it so yes yeah that would be a good idea. That if it's not already i don't 
it it will be yeah <laughs> after will the be... stream ends he'll put it he'll put it on now it, yeah it will be by the second this stream ends i'm just making sure i've got through all the questions um i have seen leaf seen ants carry leaves what do they do with them um they turn them into fungus don't they chris yeah so they'll cut them up they'll they'll stick them on the pre-existing fungus uh when a leaf cutter colony actually founds the the queen would use her own fecal matter to actually grow the fungus and then once the workers start coming they'll start cutting leaves and the leaves will be will be placed onto the fungus and the fungus will start to consume the leaves and and it will grow the fungus now that that's interesting i didn't know that uh, they used their fecal matter yeah yeah the first so the first queens will take the original fungus from the nest put it in in their mouths and and they'll start growing the fungus from their fecal matter yeah wow i, I suppose it makes sense because you've got to have something to start that molding process, process. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, wow i didn't realize it was made from that really interesting yeah, everyone else is saying that's cool and interesting. Brilliant. Well, I think we've got through all the questions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, okay. Cool. Brilliant. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming on with us. Tonight. Yeah, like it's it's always a pleasure. I really enjoy it, to be honest, and I'm happy to be here. No, it's been brilliant. You're always welcome to come back. We we love speaking to you because you're so passionate about the hobby. It, it shows in the way you talk, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be back. Uh, yeah, like Stacey's right, we learn everything, something new, everything, every day, like we're exchanging information and we're both learning from each other, right? And uh, and uh, the audience is also learning at the same time. Definitely. All right, well, I'm going to let you go on then, Chris. And I yeah, will... I got, I got, I got to work tonight. Funnily enough, I got loads of orders that I got to send international. <laughs> so like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm working later tonight. So I'll be working probably, probably till like, probably one o'clock. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's life. But that's, it is that's normal is. for yeah. us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys to it. And yeah, thank you so much for hosting me. Um, and I'm sure I'll be back to to keep you guys updated on the project uh as well and see see how we're going and how everyone's doing definitely definitely well we'd love to have love to have you back awesome so yeah that's me out see you later guys uh stacy katie uh ants uk dan warrior uh judith everyone take care see ya thanks chris see you later buddy right i am just moving cameras two seconds and um right no one um yeah, right. I won't move camera. Right. Yeah. So interviews, I do interviews. I do the chat show every Wednesday and Sunday. This is for everyone new in the chat. I do the chat show every Wednesday and Sunday. Um, I do an interview pretty much every show. And then after the interview, we now go on to the chat show side of things where I talk crap for however long. We play a few games. We have some duck races. Um, we have a little bit of fun now. The serious parts done as such and so you're welcome to stay welcome to have some fun with us um i did have a game planned and the game's just kind of it's not happening like it's just falling apart so we could do a quiz if anyone would like a quiz again i'm more than happy to be quiz master ants on the rock again um that was good fun the last couple of times 
But it was a real shame. I had a great game. It was a spot the difference, believe it or not. And there was ant stuff everywhere. But my computer will not show it because it's in the wrong type of format or something. And it won't let me change the format. And yeah, that was annoying. <coughs> but we can do a quiz. And I've got a few updates and whatnot. But I'm going to have to change the camera because we are currently, that's the phone camera. And it is now on 4% battery. So two seconds. We move that. And we move it like that. And then I do that one. That one. And turn to there. Right, cool. We are back on. Um, I don't know who got to listen to it, who got to see it, but this, or a little bit earlier anyways, um, in the pre-show feeding, I have been given the privilege to play some music sent to me by a very good friend of mine and a fan of the channel. Um, so if you want to check out his music, I might put it on again at the end of the stream, but you're more than welcome to go back to the pre-show feeding um, when it uploads to YouTube or whatever and watch that. It was an all right song, good music. I enjoyed it. Let me know if you enjoyed it. There is a possibility that I might broaden my horizons a little bit so we might have um no don't get me wrong we'd still do the ant interview first but then after the ant interview when we're doing like the chat show whatever we might have a musician come on and play us a song i don't know talk about his out up, uh, upcoming album and stuff because it it's really interesting and he's a good mate of mine and he loves the channel loves his ants you know I like to help people which do good ants. You know what I mean. God, I'm just chatting rubbish, aren't I? But yeah, so it it might happen. We might end up with musicians on for the later part of the show. We might even end up with a couple of actors because I know someone who's an actor and he's had some really cool parts lately. And I was talking about him coming on to share some of his experiences with you as well. But that's not going to take away from the an invert reptile-based interviews at the start of the show, because we know that's the that's the main reason we all sign in. But without further ado, should we have a duck race? Who's waiting for a duck race now? If you haven't been here before, we have duck races. They're not real. There's no prize for it. It's just a bit of fun. So we've currently got seven people in the chat so we're going to have seven ducks all you need to do throw out a number say a number first comes first serves on the numbers we're going to have a two minute duck race just for fun And there. 
Bring on the ducks. Bring on the ducks. If I do. No, if I do that, that would. That would. Okay, right. <laughs> and Warrior has to abandon his go to number. Oh, okay, yeah, I get yeah. Right. What ducks do we have? We have Princess Duck. We haven't seen Princess Duck in a long, long time. She likes to dress up. She doesn't do much else. Princess Duck. Plain Duck. Facebook. That duck's trying to copy me. Wearing a hat like that. We got Viking Duck, Vampire Duck, Plain Duck, and Purple Star Duck. Now, I don't know who's going to win. It's completely random. But I'm going to put my bet. Or number six. I don't know who's got number six. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm saying number six. Right, ready, steady, off we go. Number six is actually doing really well. <laughs> you'd, you'd think that I had um, fixed it somehow, but I haven't. Katrina, how many ants have you got to feed these days? Still here been in front of room in front room feeding maggots to my colonies. How many colonies have you got? The other day I did a full feed on all the colonies that I have to sell, all my own colonies, every single colony. It took quite a long time. <laughs> like hours and hours I was there feeding. Mainly because I've got hundreds of ants in test tubes, you know. So that was a bit. Well, here we go. Number one. Well done, number one. Right. Number one, one. But I hate saying it like that. One, 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 one. It's like the dove dove under the bush. Spelled completely the same. Different word. Uh, well done. Um, I have got some awesome stuff to tell you all. So if you're still here, you're going to hear about it before anybody else. Um, first things first, things first, things first. <laughs> right. So here we go. I opened a new pack of envelopes today because I've been selling some ants left, right and center, you know. So I've opened a new pack of envelopes today. And in this pack of envelopes, there's 20 envelopes. I got one of my daughters to put three coupons in random envelopes so 
the coupons are free tickets to the exhibition. So somewhere in the next 20 orders, three people are going to win some free tickets to the exhibition. I thought that was pretty cool. It's like um like a Willy Wonka golden ticket sort of thing, but not quite. else i have got several things i was going to tell you about but i'm not going to tell you about that one no, thank you i thought it would be a good idea you know oh and another thing also which is very community based i am planning an interview right now this interview isn't going to be live because of the nature of it basically the guy's spanish doesn't speak a word of english so i'm having to do the whole interview in spanish so we're gonna then write it into a transcript that i can then read to you but is there any questions that you have about an ant's anatomy inside outside like this without saying who he is or too much about it he's really interesting and he's studying the biology of ants and their anatomy basically and i thought wow that's that's so interesting and it is quite different to what we usually have and i've got a great range of questions for him but because it's not live there won't be a chance for the community to ask questions so if you've got anything just let me know and i'll make sure i, I do ask it i'm putting the date back so that we've got lots of time to make sure I get every single question because it's going to be a one-off. I'm never going to have the chance to interview him again, I doubt, and I want to get it right. Yeah, Katrina, you possibly do know who it is. Um, that he's quite well known actually in the and in community on quite a few groups, and his posts are really amazing. Like the detail in them is just phenomenal. So I thought. You know, I'd love to get him on, but he does only speak Spanish. So I've, <laughs> it's not the easiest, we'll say, but I'm translating my questions through to Spanish so that he can answer it. And then um, I'll, I'll do that. Don't worry, I'll sort it and it will be amazing. Uh, Aunt Warrior, how does a queen produce so many eggs? Do you mean a queen in general? How does a queen produce so many eggs? It's much like a chicken. You keep feeding them it uses it and turns it into much like a woman to be honest you gotta keep feeding them so that baby develops you know um yeah it's the same same process the more food that can go through the ant's body as such the more they've got to put into eggs But I will say that doesn't work when the ant colonies are, are much smaller, <laughs> um, at a much smaller um, size. Sorry, Katrina made me laugh there. <laughs> I'm always careful. I've got a wife upstairs. She'd beat me. <laughs> she wouldn't beat me. She's a lovely person. But you'll you'll get the meter at the exhibition. I expect she's gonna be there. Because I'm going to have her helping me and whatnot. 
Um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. Yeah, here's Mrs. Ants on the rock, and she'll probably run and hide because she's not used to anyone seeing her. <laughs> how big does a gaster grow? Like how many times its size for the last year's end? Like from empty to full, it expands. Right, okay. Now this is a hard one. <laughs> Quick hide of bruises. Yeah, I know Aunt Warrior. I mean, that's why I always wear a hoodie and stuff. No, I don't. I'm normally topless, to be fair. But <laughs> we won't go into that. Um, right, so a gaster, believe it or not, can get so big, it pops. If they, they can keep producing eggs and not lay them, it's really weird and very annoying. But their gaster can pop um i i can't tell you what sort of size ideally it could get to before it pops one thing i always try and avoid is letting the gas to get too big because of that as long as you can see that the gas is sort of plump then you know there's eggs in there you know what i mean um i don't think that like I said earlier, overfeeding a colony in small stage can be really detrimental to them. Um, and I think, yeah, it's the same thing, basically. If the queen's got, if she's overeating and not uh, laying because she's stressed, but she's still eating, then, yeah, question for that guest. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I'll, I'll ask them. I'll write that down now. But it, it's it's a hard one, definitely for me to answer. I couldn't tell you. He probably can because of the anatomy. Uh, how big does a gaster grow? okay yeah see it's really interesting the internal structure of like the gasper and things like that it, ants are really interesting anyways because they've got their exoskeleton and all of that sorry i just nearly yawned <laughs> yeah because they've got their exoskeleton and not many really organs and stuff they're really interesting to actually see what's going on on the inside I think that about most things anyways. I thought that about the human body. Anything's interesting to actually see the mechanical side of things. Saying that, right, I, I one of the few programs that I do enjoy watching is a, um, it's called How It's Made or How It's Done. And they literally just show you like the factory process of making things. I love that because you get to see the mechanical workings of things. My missus finds it so boring. <laughs> um, and is the skin stretching? Okay. That's, yeah. I think it is stretching, you know, and that's why, um, why it pops. How can the body support so much weight? That's a good one. yeah because ants are super strong i would love yeah <laughs> how it's made there you go out warrior you're on it you know it um 
yeah, I would love to know how they get so strong. Maybe I could replicate it when I'm at the gym and like outlift everybody. I don't know, though. Like, they, they, they take the mickey out of me at the gym. They're like, go on, use your ant strength. I'm like, screw you guys. Screw you. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's all good fun and banter. <coughs> You have an antibody. The problem is, I don't have many antibodies. That's why I'm always getting ill. <laughs> Part of my condition, actually, is I've got almost no immune system. Ah, oh, well, I suppose I'll come out with another little announcement that I've been saving for you. I've probably told you as well. Um, my Formica colony, obviously, I'm selling Formica on my website. I have uh, two different species of formica, including Rufobarbus, which are quite rare in the UK. I've decided to keep a colony for myself. So they're doing really well. I'm going to be releasing a video on them real soon as well. Doing very well, very active colony. Even though they've only got like five, maybe ten workers, I haven't looked in lately because obviously it's wrapped up and whatnot. But they're coming out into the out world. They're really active. They're feeding regularly. Um, and to be honest, they've become one of my favorite colonies to watch. I know I always say it's the one I'm doing stuff with at the time, but they are so inquisitive, um, active, quite aggressive when it's feeding time, you know, really great ants to watch. So if you haven't got Formica, it might be worth looking into them. They're not that hard to keep, you know, they are um, native to the UK, most of them, the ones I have are anyways, and they'll be completely fine without any extra heating or anything like that. Um, but they, they're just really great ants, if you know what I mean. So if, if you're heading like, if you're fed up of Laceus Nigra and those sorts of things, and you want to go into something not quite exotic, but heading that way, I think Formica is a really good way to go. They remind me a lot of the Polyracus dives, but not quite to the same extent of needing heat and things like that. They're like an easier version of Polyracus dives, which I, like I said, I, I've really enjoyed them more than I thought I would. I've always wanted a colony of Formica, but it always kind of put me off the fact that they can gas themselves. So what I've been doing is I've got a, an alarm on my phone every two days i take the lid off for a little bit obviously you reapply the barriers when needed but i just let the colony air out and that's because they can gas themselves with the formic acid spray that would be a shame but yeah i i, I do like them i really like them <laughs> i'd love to do a natural setup for them but because of the size the colonies can grow and the size of the nests can grow it's not really doable. So it's acrylic for them. Acrylic or plastic or whatever. Whatever. It's one of those ones. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, I, I was really surprised by how much I've enjoyed keeping them. It's quite funny. They're, they're right next to my Murano Plus bicolor. And the Murano Plus literally do nothing. Like, you can sit there watching them and they basically do nothing all day. 
They might like they they eat, they drink, they dig, but they just do nothing. Not in the same way that the former car just constantly run around looking for things. Um, they bring eggs out into the outworld, stick it in the corner for about half an hour, and then take it back. I think that's just like drying it out. Maybe, maybe it's a slightly too humid within the test tube for them. Uh, Ant warrior. I think my next species will either be a Fidoni pal pallid that one colony or Solanopsis fuga. Uh, I think I've got one, maybe two Solanopsis fuga left. Fugax, Fugay, Fug that one. I think I've got one or two of them left. They've been flying out lately. Um, I, I can't explain it. Maybe because we've been talking about them more on the stream. But yeah, they've flown out over the last week. I think I've sold seven colonies of Fugax. I have an ant nest question idea, but I'll message you tomorrow about it instead of on here. Don't. So don't be surprised. Where, yeah, no problem at all, Stacey. You know me. I'm I'm there whenever you need me. Ping me a message. Happy to help. Or chat shit if you don't need help. <laughs> yeah, Ant Warrior, I, I felt the same. It's gone really well over the last week or so. Although I will, I, I don't mind saying it on stream. I had to update my security on my website and stuff because I have had someone try and hack into it over this week. So I quickly did some maintenance and upgraded the security and I found out the IP address of who tried to hack me and things like that. So it's all being dealt with, but it's just one of those things, pain in the backside. Just looking around. We haven't done the quiz yet. Should we have the quiz in a minute? Yeah, Ant Warrior drama. Like it's one of those things. Believe it or not, I won't go too much into it. But it's just that there's yeah, someone trying to hack me. To be honest, it won't surprise me if it's the same person that set up the other website. But I. Well, you can't obviously put the two fingers together at the moment. But, yeah, there's there's always drama in the ant world. To be honest, I try and stay out of the dramas as much as possible um, for several reasons. One, I'm an adult and I don't like drama anymore. I've had enough of that throughout my teenage years. I'm married. <laughs> I've had enough drama. Um, two... I'm trying to do a picnic table chat show where I get lots of different people on. So falling out with people or getting involved in drama just isn't going to help with what I'm trying to achieve. And three, the exhibition, exactly the same thing. Like if I was to start getting involved in people's dramas, then the exhibition would be a very hard event to put on. The, I just try and stay out of it, but I have noticed that there's a lot of drama in that world. It's always been like this. It's like this in almost every hobby. Um, it's just the way it is. Ant Warrior, I'm not even going to... 
<laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to ignore your, not ignore it, but I'm not going to answer your question because I don't even want to publicize our website because it's just a load of shit, to be honest. Excuse my language, but it is. Um, I would avoid it like the plague. It's probably, if, if it ever does make a sell, I expect it's a scam. Um, there's no contact information or anything. It's you know what I mean. It just looks dodgy. <laughs> right, so I'm not that concerned about that other website. I don't think it's going to be um, an issue. Not worth the question. Right, where is my... <laughs> right, so I've got the phone charger here after I changed the doodad. But I didn't even put my phone on charge. It's on 1% now. Well done, me. Well done, me. Right, I'm just bringing up a quiz. Do we want a quick quiz or not? If you would like a quiz, I'm more than happy to do a quiz before we call it a night. Here is the first question, and this is a hard one. If anyone gets this, you've got my instant respect. Well done. How many breeds of elephant are there? I repeat, how many breeds of elephant are there? That's quite a hard one. I wouldn't have a clue, but it's written in front of me. says four, Katrina says three, Aunt Warrior says two, <coughs> Stacy says seven. Well, I'm, I'm going to blow it apart. Katrina was right, actually. It was three. There is the African elephant, the Asian elephant, and the forest elephant. Only three recognized species of elephant. <coughs> Um, oh, I watched a funny one earlier. I'm gonna. <laughs> what was it? I watched a funny, yeah, the funny video. It was name a part of the body that begins with T. And the guy instantly just come up with the best answer ever. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Aunt Warrior, um, they live out in like the Indian forests and stuff like that. They're quite small, not quite dwarf elephant size but yeah they are quite small <laughs> tibia all right yeah you you got us there katrina well done uh, he came out with titties but 
<laughs> they did it on a family TV show and everything. It was brilliant. Did not see a problem with it at all. <laughs> right. Oh dear, oh dear. That I don't know if anyone's gonna get this one. What is Shakespeare's shortest play? <laughs> That's what Harvey said. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Twelve nights? No, it's not. It's got exactly 14,369 words, which isn't much. Not much at all. It's the Comedy of Errors by William Shakespeare, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, here's a good one, here's a good one. What is Cher's real name? Aunt Warrior, if you haven't heard of Cher, she's like this old school musician. Um, she basically hasn't changed in 50 years or something. She still looks the same now. Does anyone know Cher's real name? That's a hard one. She did some amazing songs. Back when I was in college, I had to play Bang Bang, um, one of her songs, or one that she covered anyways. And yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance. Uh, the energy behind it was really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Life After Love, that's a great song, yeah. Lots of her songs did really, I mean, she's amazingly famous, isn't she? Amazingly famous. It's Sherilyn Sarkinson. She's the woman at the end of Mamma Mia. I don't think I've ever seen Mamma Mia. Oh, no, I saw Mamma Mia in the cinema when it came out with my girlfriend at the time, but I fell asleep. It was not quite my cup of tea, we could say. Although I am... I am quite a singing and dancing person, not so much back then. In fact, believe it or not, a few years back, it would have been very hard to get me to do a video or anything like that. Yeah, well done, Katrina. Okay, okay. Uh, what is the longest river in the UK? And if you don't live in the UK, I'm sorry. <laughs> Google, yeah, fair enough. It's not the Mersey. It's not the Thames, and it's definitely not the River Way either. 
it is the river seven seven yeah seven although it's spelled weird <laughs> okay few more questions few more um there was one here okay this is this is a good one and anyone that's seen Waterboy, the film Waterboy, probably go get this straight away at what part of the human body would you find the medulla oblongata and i know i pronounce that right even with my bad talking medulla oblongata Yeah, well done, Stacy, and well done, Stacy's fella. Smart man, clearly knows his stuff. It is not the knee, Katrina. Go on, I have a few more guesses. It's not the neck, but you're getting close. <coughs> Again, if you've seen Waterboy the film, it's in that. The base to the brain. Well done, Stacy. It is. It's the very core part. It's um, a lot of the feelings get generated and things like that. A lot of the emotions get connected in that part of the brain. It's actually a really important part. And it's one of the parts that if it gets any damage at all, that's pretty much your brain gone. Whereas other parts of the brain can suffer some damage, your medulla oblongata is more sensitive and pretty much like your core of your brain. <laughs> I'll be again. See, that man, he knows his stuff. I, I, I won't say what I was going to say. Oh, dear. All men know their stuff. No, we, no don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Oh dear, I'm going to get in trouble with all the women one day. What is the name, right? Here's here's a hard one. It's not really a hard one. But what is the name of the Coco Pops mascot? That monkey. Should be quite easy, but it's quite hard at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's not Max, it is Coco the monkey. Coco the Coco Pops monkey. <coughs> I'm, I'm glad everyone got that. Okay, okay. I'm going to do one more question, and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a hard one. I'm not going to do maths because that's just it's too late for maths. It's gone 11 o'clock. You shouldn't have to do maths. How many bones are there in an elephant's trunk? Uh, 
And if you get this on your first guess, I will give you a clap. Yeah, hub, hubby has a pub quiz brain. Not that he spends too long in the pub. He he should clearly spend longer in the pub um, refining his skills. 82, Katrina, that's a very good guess, but not quite right. Does anyone else want to? Well done, Stacy. It was zero, yes. There's zero bones in an elephant's trunk, which I thought there was, but it kind of makes sense. It's all cartilage, same as us. Muscles and cartilage. Uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting discovery. Like Aunt Warrior said earlier, we learn something new every day. Especially me, I seem to be learning new stuff constantly at the moment. Which isn't a bad thing. I like to learn. Right, we're going to go through my notes and make sure I have told you everything that you need to know. If you have any questions or anything you want to say, feel free to chuck it in the comments now. <laughs> Random answer throwing. That's me normally. Just, just say anything just to like fill the time. Or turn the question back on them. Uh, I don't know. How do you know? I don't know. I'm just an awkward person sometimes. <laughs> okay. So we've pretty much covered everything. Are there only us three left? There's five people in at the moment, Aunt Warrior. One on Twitch and four on YouTube. But, um, so for the last few here as well, if you, so on Sunday, we're holding an ant keeper night. So if you're a normal general person keeping ants, you don't have to be a YouTuber or anything. This is your night to come on. You can have like a 10 minute interview. It doesn't have to be long. It's not difficult. 10 minute interview just to kind of talk about your ants, what you've got going on, you know, easy stuff so if you fancy getting on just for 10 minutes on sunday give me a little message because we do still have i think one space available for another amp keeper and quite possibly on that evening as well we will be having my musician friend the guitarist come on just to talk about his newest album after the initial uh, amp keeper section um just for you know, bit of chat, bit of random fun. He's a really nice guy. I've known him for a long time. And like you say, he's a good fan as well. So it would be, you know, I don't think he actually keeps ants. He just watches the channel. He likes the live streams. And yeah, so uh, I've always said, if someone wants to put music my way, I'd love to put on um, music from actual musicians, you know, rather than the standard rolling over music that we play at the pre-show feeding if i could fill it up with songs that are coming out and you know it would be amazing if i could get that so if anyone does play music feel free to send me your music over um katrina definitely saving the spot for you uh, yeah feel free to send me your music over i'll 
obviously I'll play it if I enjoy it. And yeah, it's just another way of helping people around the world. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to be part of the ant community to get my help. I, I, I literally, I do everything I can for pretty much everybody. Doesn't matter what it is. It's just the way I am. I love to help. I love to be involved with as much things as I can. Do as much as I can for everybody. You know what I mean. You know. There's no point in me even saying it because you know how I am. Like I just can't help myself sometimes. Just cannot. But it's not a bad thing. But like I say, it should be a good episode on Sunday. We're going to have a couple of ant keepers come on. Hopefully we'll have Katrina come on. Just 10-minute interviews. Find out about what ants they've got and what kind of things they're doing with their ants. And then like I say, we'll go on to the chat show bit afterwards. We'll play some games, do some duck races, and probably hear from my good friend Tim. That's his name. Uh, T.S. Andrews on Spotify. He's got his newest album has literally just released and the song that i played for you in the pre-show feeding is from his newest album um yeah oh ant warrior brilliant definitely uh film and stuff it's been it's been a while since we've had an ant warrior video and we all love ant warrior videos so we cannot wait buddy we really cannot wait to be honest, I can't wait to see the Tetramonium. Uh, te I did say that right, didn't I? Tetram yeah, I can't wait to see them uh, as it goes on. You know, it's not a colony I've kept myself either. Uh, I've, I've kept them on small scale and I've got all the test tubes now, but I've never had them grow to a larger number. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting watching them grow. Katrina, you've had more nightmares than good experiences. To be honest, that would really be great to hear about because we always talk about everything that's positive and how it can be easier and how to make things easier, you know, but we don't really touch a lot on the mistakes and problems people have, you know. Um, it's one thing I always say I try and be open and honest about is when I make a mistake, I like to tell everyone so that hopefully they might not do the same. It's it, it's one of them, you know. You're never going to get everything right. I still make mistakes now, all the time, all the time. <laughs> What's that like 11 12 years 12 years i've been keeping ants nearly 13 years wow wow i am getting old 31 this year if you didn't know i'm 31 this year and it would have been 13 years since i started keeping ants i have the queen in a box and i've not looked at her for two weeks tomorrow so it would probably be of her oh awesome ant warrior um <laughs> yeah no it, it i that's awesome, Aunt Royal. Thank you very much. I appreciate you letting me know about that as well. The fact that you haven't looked at her for two weeks, she should be doing absolutely fine. I checked on, um, when was it? It was either this morning or yesterday morning, and they're all doing very well. Some of them have moved from their queen stage to having first workers now as well. So I expect yours is probably around the same sort of stage. 
some of the ants I've been sending out. So, wow. So the Solenopsis fuga, um, their egg piles, brood piles are just crazy numbers. I don't know how many workers they'd be expecting in their first batch, probably more than the normal 10. But yeah, she's doing really well. Um, fine mesh to stop colonies getting into the most precious colonies. Ah, yeah. See, Katrina, one thing I always advise is double barrier. So if you if you have multiple ant colonies and you think they might get out, do your barrier on the inside of your enclosure, but do one on the outside as well so that they can climb up the outside and get in. Because I, I did have Laceus Niger try and get into the multi-species tank last year, and they managed it and they couldn't get back out so i thought it was too harsh to allow that so i put a barrier around the outside of the multi-species tank and that way they would fall off as they were trying to climb in effectively saving their life um but yeah it, it's one of those i've seen it happen a lot um in fact i've seen it happen too much and like with holifer the other day when he released his video and holifer in fact, Ant Holifer is coming on, I can tell you, in two seconds. So we'll be able to talk to him about this, actually, about how he handled it all. Um, uh, just looking for my list. Listy list. Listy, listy list. No, no, no. I think it's in the other notebook currently. But yeah, we've got Ant Holifer coming on very soon. In fact, I know how I can find out. Um, but yeah, he had literally thousands of mess of barbarous workers escape and a bit of a nightmare for him. I think they got into some of his other colonies and killed him. But yeah, not a great situation. It does happen. Um, da -da 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 -da. Ants Holifer is on May the 1st. So that would be interesting. Like, like I say, we'll, we'll find out what happened, how he dealt with it, and all other things relevant to Ants Holifer will be discussed, as you know. And that's on the 1st of May. But I think I've pretty much covered everything. Don't ruin so Ant Warrior, his colony is huge and yeah. I mean the, the Mesobarbarus won't be affected by it at all. Lots of them got out. Oh lots of them got out, but I think he managed to save what he could. But it's more the effect that it got on the other colonies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a, what's the word? I don't know. It, it's a difficult one. I, I'm not going to say it was, right, so the crack, I think, was like quite an old crack that progressively got worse as such. Um, and it got to the point where it was allowing the ants out. I, in my experience, I probably wouldn't have been using the outworld if it had that crack, if you know what I mean. But it's it's a hard one, isn't it? Like if if you got the equipment, do you 
stop using it due to a small fault or do you carry on until the fault actually becomes a fault fault but i don't know and i'm just really super careful with mine i wouldn't have been using a damaged product but again we shall talk to Ant Holifer about it find out his point of view about it you know but i as far as i know it wasn't an actual fault in the product it was a faulty product if that makes sense <laughs> but I, I don't know i don't know the ins and outs of it myself i watched most of the video but i think i got called away to deal with the kids it's been pretty hectic over the whole easter period we could say <laughs> but no it, it was um was a massive shame that i can't remember which colony they got into but i know one of those colony um definitely in the natural formicarium it was um definitely did suffer with their meeting of the mesobarbarus instagram is where i post all my videos and stuff about once a day or so see i i very i don't really go on instagram much stacy i have instagram for ants on the rock but it's all handled by my admin team they send me all the messages and updates through to other places just because i can't do instagram <laughs> it, it drives me nuts i couldn't understand it so they deal with my instagram for me drives Katrina, it was funny how my Nikos and Dives never attempted to cross the middle of the bedroom to the opposite colony. They never bothered each other, nor did the Dives bother. Oh, well, yeah, that is quite interesting, actually. I don't know, maybe they just, they smelt, smelt the scent and were put off by it. It's like um, small cats are put off by the scent of large cats because they know that they can't handle the fight. If you know what I mean. Maybe it's something to do with that. It's a difficult one. But, right, I am going to start closing the chat show. It is 20 past 11, and we've had an, another awesome night. Thank you all so much for signing in, being amazing with your comments and involvement. It's been great fun. Thank you massively to Chris from Answer Us for coming on again. Um, he does sponsor the show, and he's also sponsored the Ant Exhibition, so he's an absolute legend. He loves to give back to the community um, as much as I do, so let's support Chris. You know, he's an amazing guy, to be honest. Um, anything else? There, I'm sure there's millions of things that I'm meant to be saying right now, but my brain's already started shutting down, I'm afraid. I am rather tired. It's been a long week. Um, just going through my notes. Yeah, I think I've covered everything. But you know where to find me if you want to message me, get hold of me at all. You know you, you can find me on Facebook, Discord, Instagram, um, Twitch, TikTok, my website, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, pretty much everywhere we are now and we're constantly evolving and growing looking for the next place to put the ants on the rock banner you know how it is 
<laughs> so yeah, on Sunday we're going to be having the Ant Keeper night, and then we'll be having a bit of a random, bit randomer chat in the evening. So that will be a really fun one. And again, thank you all for signing in. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you all have a good night's sleep. Um, I'm here if you need me. I'll probably be up until, I don't know, at least midnight, maybe one o'clock, because I think my youngest is still awake. Bless her cotton socks. Yeah, Stacey, please do do that. That'd be awesome of you. Don't forget, if you buy anything off, the, off my website at the minute, for the next 20 orders, there is three sets of tickets somewhere hidden in them so you've got a good chance of um getting a ticket does that all make sense yeah i'm sure that makes sense my brain literally just stopped <laughs> it's just given up um yeah it's gonna be awesome you know it's gonna be awesome i know it's gonna be awesome yeah it's gonna be great so yeah uh, if you haven't got your tickets already get them soon they are selling a bit faster now it might start to pick up rather soon like um some of the people coming some of the vendors and some of the exhibitors we could say because they're not selling anything they're just coming to show off some amazing stuff um some of them are already selling tickets from their end as well so these tickets are starting to fly now um so if you haven't got a ticket try and get one before too long um I will release the last set of tickets closer to the date so that it doesn't completely sell out. And I think I've covered just about everything. So I'm going to let you go. Massive thank you to Answer Us for sponsoring the show. A massive thank you to Katrina, um, Kevin Rogerson and Jason Walker for supporting me via Patreon. If you want to support me via patreon and check out patreon um there's all sorts of little perks and stuff that you get which reminds me i need to give you a message katrina about all of that um but yeah don't message me sunday daytime to i will message you katrina not an issue at all i shall write it into my diary to message i'll write that now write it now message katrina there you go. It's, it's in the diary. So, yeah, I'm going to go. I love you all so much. You've been an amazing community again tonight. Thank you for your constant support. And I shall speak to you all again very soon. So, as always from me, I'll see you again soon, Ant fans.